Welcome to the Meditation Ward. My name is Nadia Ward, and I'm really excited to bring you this podcast. I talk to a lot of meditation practitioners about their practice and what led them into meditation and what keeps them there. I hope you enjoy it. Each week, we have a second episode where you get a guided meditation. So you can come back and use those whenever you need them, and they're there for you. Are you interested in starting your own meditation practice? Check out TheMeditationWar.com, where I offer a six-week program to teach you meditation tools and to help you find a practice that works for you and your lifestyle. I'm also a health and wellness coach certified through Georgetown University. So if you're interested in wellness coaching through a meditative perspective, I'd love to talk to you more about that. Contact me at TheMeditationWar.com or find us on Instagram, The Meditation Ward. And now our episode. Thank you guys for being here. Today, I'm really excited. We have Victor Padilla. He is a somatic meditation coach and a registered nurse. So thank you for being here with us today, Victor. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, where, where do you live? So currently, I live in Connecticut, Waterbury, Connecticut. Okay. And Have you lived yeah. there long? Uh, I've been living here, I would say, majority of my life. Uh, yeah, so I would say, I would say so. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, what came first for you? Like the nursing world or like the meditation world? Ooh, so I would say nursing actually came first. If you like, I can just kind of dive in. I'd love to hear about, yeah, how you got into one and then the other. Yeah, yeah. So I I got into nursing um, back in 2017. Uh, that was around a time when I was really trying to just kind of figure myself out and what I wanted to do. Um, actually, to rewind a little bit, um, prior to 2017 is when I was coming into this stage of myself of like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, I don't know what to do. And my mom was always a CNA and she kind of like just maybe planted the seed into my mind of perhaps working in healthcare. What does a CNA do? So a CNA is like, it's a short, it's like a mnemonic for a certified nurse's aide. So uh, you're like a nursing assistant basically. And um, so my mom kind of planted that into my mind and I was like, hmm maybe I'll try nursing. <laughs> so it wasn't like this, like really big, beautiful story as to why I got into nursing. It was more of just like a nudge. I was like, all right, let me, let me, let me try it out. And I started taking prerequisites and all the things. And then finally I got to the point in 2017 when um, I applied into a nursing program and I got accepted. And that kind of started me off on my, my nursing journey. What were you like um, as a, what were you like as a kid? Uh, <laughs> as a kid, I've always been the friend that people will come to, to kind of just let it all loose, to share what was on their heart. Um, because I was, I always kind of had that energy as I was told that was very nurturing and uh, quote unquote safe. And so I've always been that kind of friend, like the nurturer in yeah. a sense. So like in high school, you were not getting into a lot of trouble or were you a troublemaker? <laughs> yeah. It's funny because while yes, I am definitely the nurturer and all the things, but I was also a little rebel as well. I definitely got into some trouble. Um, I partied, I drank <laughs> before the age of 21. I did all the things. So I think I would like to say I had a nice blend between the two, between you know, being that nurturing heart-centered friend, but also being the wild partier, young teenager. Yeah. Kid. Healthy balance, healthy balance. <laughs> so in high school and when you were younger, what did you ever have something that you wanted to be? Yes. Um, so as when I was younger, what I really wanted to be was a teacher, <laughs> oddly enough, teaching. Um, and I also wanted to dive into psychology. Um, and that's actually what I went to school first for was psychology. Um, but after a year of doing it, I kind of just lost the, I guess, desire 
to want to go in that direction because I started like reading more about it. And at the time I wasn't as driven as I am now. And um, so when I saw all the things that it entails to become a psychologist, like I was like, damn, I have to go to school, get my master's degree. And then I just want something now. So I was kind of looking for something quick. Um, so after a year of going to school for psychology, I ended up just switching gears. And that's kind of when I was having that moment with myself. It's like, what am I going to do with my life? I don't know what to do. I don't know what direction to go. And that's when I was like, all right, let's try nursing. And then right away, that felt like a comfortable space for you? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's some spaces in between that. So like when I had that moment that, like, what am I going to do with myself? Like, I don't know what direction to go. Um, and then my mom kind of planted that seed, like try nursing. I first um, applied to be a CNA, which is certified nurse's aide. And so I, I dabbled into that first. I worked, I worked as a CNA for two years first. Um, so this is kind of all happening in the time before 2017, because 2017 is when I uh, applied into nursing school and kind of got in. When did you start meditation? And let's talk about that journey and how it was when you started. So, so I applied, right? I applied to nursing school in 2017. And after a year in the program, um, I received news that one of my closest friends had suddenly passed away in her sleep. And that was just like, that threw me completely off. I mean, it shattered my whole world. And it was just like, wow, like I, I at that point in my life, and so this is what, 2018, I wasn't equipped with, I guess, the tools that allowed me to really understand and accept that she died. Um, how I saw it back then was like, she's a main character, like main characters don't die. Like she's a part of the movie. Like, how is this happening? And, um, but, but with her death, it really, like I said, it, it, it threw me off so much so that I was uh, missing clinical. Uh, my grades were starting to slip. I just, I couldn't focus in school anymore. And so I was, you know, I was approached from the people of the program and they kind of gave me an ultimatum. They were saying, hey, we're, we're seeing your grades starting to slip. We're seeing that, you know, you're missing clinical, you're on the verge of failing. And so to avoid that, we're going to ask you to either leave the program on your own and come back when you're ready, or we're going to have to dismiss you. And so obviously I took the latter and it's like, all right, I'll, I'll take a break off and I'll come back next year. And, or I'll come back later for the next semester. And so I took some time off for myself and, you know, to kind of really find myself. And later on in the year, towards the end of 2018 is when the next new semester started. And I felt like, all right, I'm ready to do this. Um, so I went back into the nursing program and thinking that I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to become a nurse now. And I thought so. So I was towards the end now of this program. And uh, there's so much to it. I'm trying to fit like this crazy story um, okay. in a way that, yeah, in, in a condensed way. But essentially, I went back into the program thinking I was ready. And mind you, something I didn't add was before they accepted me back into the program, they gave me another ultimatum. And they said, all right, you can come back, but un only under certain conditions. And so that would mean you have to be on your best behavior, no absences, no write-ups, Otherwise, one write-up, one absence, you're dismissed. So it was like, damn, like I, I'm walking on eggshells here. And of course, <laughs> Victor being Victor at the time, ended up doing something at clinical, which wasn't anything major. I had like one of those vapes, uh, the nicotine vapes. 
and I was outside during a break and I was using my nicotine vape and you're not supposed to use that in the hospital premises. So one thing led to another. I got written up and that was means for dismissal. <laughs> so I got dismissed from nursing school. And so now I'm sitting with all that. I'm like, wow, I got into nursing school in 2017. I was in the program and then I had to leave because of shit that was going on. Then I get an opportunity to redeem myself, go back into the program and now I'm dismissed. Where do I go from here? And it was in that space. This is now early 2019 where I'm sitting with all this heaviness and uncertainty and just confusion, just questioning myself, my direction, my path, my future. And that in itself is what brought me to meditation and, and mindfulness. Um, because as I'm sitting with all that, a lot was coming up. One was, I'm gonna go back to nursing school. Like this isn't the end, my future is in nursing but I know that I need to find myself. And so I gave myself almost half a year of really just healing. And I discovered um, mindfulness. I always kind of knew what mindfulness was, but I discovered it in a way that was gonna help me to really fully understand. And Can you share and so with I, us your definition of like what mindfulness is? Yes, yes. So I ended up taking a mindfulness based stress reduction course. And that is what really taught me what mindfulness is. Um, but I suppose in my own definition, mindfulness is the ability to sit with or be with what is currently happening in this moment, right here, right now, without judgment, without attachment, but more so with the sense of curiosity, loving curiosity and so that's how that's how I see mindfulness and how I apply it um each and every day of my life yeah yeah, yeah. well can we talk about a second like what it looks like to give yourself half a year of healing especially like not to be weird but I think sometimes it's harder for males especially to like work within that space of healing and to understand it and sit with it and even to like share about it, because I don't think males share as openly as females do in our friend groups, as I've been told as males. Um, so what does taking that time off and being with yourself and like, even like choosing to take a course like this, what does that look like? What did that look like for you? Mm, good question. Um, so it didn't come to, it wasn't too challenging for me. Um, I guess because I've always been someone who has been okay to be emotional. Um, I, I would say that maybe stemmed from my past, um, which my past entails um, growing up with a single mom, um, very nurturing, loving mom, who thankfully gave me that space to express myself and to feel my feelings. And so I would say healing in of itself wasn't anything that came too challenging for me because it was, again, something I was used to doing. Um, I mean, I, I wasn't someone who was like, oh, I can feel my feelings. So that means I can meditate and do other things. I, I didn't have those tools. I just knew that if I wanted to cry, I can cry <laughs> and that's okay. Um, but when I, when I decided to take this step and and sort of, you know, take this mindfulness-based stress reduction course to allow myself to heal. Um, it was more just liberating for me. It was just like, um, I was having a lot of insights, a lot of aha moments. It was like, oh, wow, so that is what mindfulness is. And I had a really good coach, um, which was the first time I ever had a coach in my life. And so like, I would go to him and ask questions like, I don't know, like, am I supposed to be feeling like this with mindfulness? And the questions he would ask me would direct it right back to myself, which would essentially got me to this point where I was like, wait a minute, I am the medicine 
And like, I have the answers. Nobody else can really give that to me. And so that was like a big aha insight moment I had um, as I was going through this mindfulness-based stress reduction course and really tapping into this element of what we're calling healing. Um, so yeah, that that is um, pretty much how that kind of went for me in terms of like the process. Um, in addition to taking the mindfulness-based um, stress reduction course, that energized me so much though to keep going. And I was like, oh man, I'm loving this healing stuff. Like it's, it's I feel like it was getting me somewhere, whatever that means. Um, and that's kind of when I was going through YouTube and I discovered um, Suraflow and the Liberate course. And I was like, ooh, so now that I know mindfulness, and I also want to add, the mindfulness-based stress reduction class was also integrated with meditation. And so that gave me an element of meditation as well, which is also what connected me to meditation. Um, so now I feel like I have this juice in me and I'm like, oh, all right, I know some mindfulness. I, I got a little a taste of meditation. I wanna dive deeper into meditation now. And so when I discovered Liberate, um, I was like, yeah, I think this is for me. It's going to teach me the foundation of meditation now. And in addition, it's going to help me be a coach. So it was like a win-win for me. And so I dove into that as well. So 2019 was a very interesting full year of healing for me. But yeah. <laughs> what great timing. So then you actually had tools for when the earth, the world fell apart. You had tools finally. Not only did I have tools for that, yeah, definitely, which I'm so thankful. I was like, damn, I decided to heal at the perfect time. Um, not only did I have tools for that, but I was equipped for when I, when I reapplied for nursing school again towards the end of 2019. And I went into the program almost brand new, um, very different mindset than I had the first two times. Which was did beautiful. you have to go to a different nursing school or did they let you back in? Oh God, even if they let me back in, I would never have went back to that program. I felt like they could have handled that in so many different ways, but yeah. you know, no, no judgment on them. No, yeah. I went to a different one. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what, what did meditations look like when you started and what does your practice look like now? Ah, uh, Yes. So when I started meditating, mind you, again, right, this is only 2019, so I'm, I'm still fairly new at this practice, um, but when I was new, new, spanking new, um, it was just more really, I needed guided meditation practices, like I couldn't, like, practice on my own, I didn't know what that looked like or felt like, I, was like, I, I felt odd. Um, so I always needed somebody to guide me and it only had to be mindfulness based. Like it couldn't be anything else. Cause I was like, I don't want to fuck it up somehow. Like, what are you going to fuck up? But, but at the time that, 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 that's kind of what was running through my mind. And I thought that in order to meditate, I had to be this like Zen and I had to lower my voice and speak in a very monotone. It, it was very strange, like that, that, but that's what meditation was creating for me. It was creating this, this idea or this perspective that I had to approach life differently now, now that I'm a meditator, right? And then I have the mindfulness element that was one of the tools that I used. Um, to help me meditate and here i am understanding the, the 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 foundation or rather the principle of mindfulness which is being present aware of the you know being aware of the present moment without judgment and i found that i was kind of going against that principle because as i was meditating i was judging myself and i was like well why am i not feeling at peace why after this meditation do I not feel calm and relaxed? And I was like, am I the broken one? And, or if I was meditating and thoughts were going through my mind, I felt like, wow, I'm fucking doing it wrong. I'm a fake, like, but I would never is, admit that. And this is to guided meditations, correct? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the guided meditations, because like I would pick mindfulness based practices that would be like a mindfulness meditation for relaxation and or for calm and deep relaxation. And then I would practice along like, yeah, this is going to give me the medicine I need. And then after the practice, I felt like, well, there, I mean, I guess I'm relaxed. Yeah, I would fake, I would like force it somehow and like think that I needed to reach a certain destination is where I really much was in the beginning of the of my meditation practices. But as I started, you know, practicing and continuing on with learning and growing and then, and then taking the liberate course really um, just ripped me wide open to the understanding that meditation doesn't have to be a specific kind of way. Meditation can be free and flowy and very feminine. Like it doesn't have to be so strict and rigid. Um, and there is no wrong way to do meditation. And so I, I think I needed to hear somebody say that, um, at least someone who was experienced or who knew more than me um, to give me permission to feel free when I was meditating and not so judgmental to myself. Um, and so now what my practices look like is very, it could be very different. Every day is different. Um, I typically though go straight to my breath and just focus on that aspect of in breath, out breath. And then I just come back to my thoughts and affirm just the love that I have for myself. And so, yeah, I play a lot with the breath and affirmations. Um, it's kind of what my practices look like now. Yeah. <laughs> Do you meditate every day? No, absolutely not. Um, in a perfect world, <laughs> in a perfect world, I may meditate every day. Um, but then again, right, I think meditation isn't just sitting down on a cushion with your legs crossed, you know, with your, with your, what, what is this called? With your mudras um, and all zend out, you know, with meditation music playing in the background. To me, meditation is anything, anything could be meditation. And so because I look at meditation that way, perhaps, yes, I do meditate every day because every day I'm coming back to myself. I'm in, I'm practicing introspection. I'm breathing into my heart. I mean, it may not be a full-blown practice, but there are definitely elements throughout my day where there is some coming back home, coming back to my breath, yeah. slowing down, remembering to be here now. Um, so Can yeah, you give us like way. a more specific example of like how someone that might be listening to this is like struggling to sit and meditate if that's their goal and what they're trying to do? What would it look like say you're doing like a daily activity that you do that you could turn that into a meditation and maybe share what that is for you. Yeah. Um, so something I do on a daily basis, this has kind of become a new, uh, uh, I guess, ritual for myself. Um, when I wake up, um, I'll make coffee. And before I, I dive deep into social media, because I, Every morning I tend to go on social media to kind of just like share some quick thoughts and then I get off and whatever. But before I do any of that, I have my cup of coffee and I sit down and I just drink my coffee. And so I'm just like feeling the cup in my hand. I'm noticing the temperature of the cup. If it's warm, really hot, I'm feeling myself as I put the cup to my lips and I'm just savoring the taste, seeing how it goes down and feeling the sensations as the liquid goes down to my throat, into my belly. And I'm just kind of having that moment with myself of just present and uh, focused intention onto my coffee. And so that right there is like a very simple thing that I can do. That's just like me living my everyday life. Mm -hmm. And I'm also integrating this sense of uh, meditation into that everyday activity. So if you know that after you drink your coffee, you're going to get on social media and post your thoughts or something, how are you handling that in your head while you drink your coffee? Are you like thinking of your thoughts or are you trying to not think of your thoughts and like, 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what was so, that? What is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it goes back to the non-judgment aspect of it, of mindfulness. Um, so as I'm drinking my coffee, I'm very intentional about that space, which is be here now with this coffee. But if the thoughts come up that are kind of trying to get ahead of myself and my thoughts are trying to like formulate what are we going to do today? Like how are we going to make sense of the day? What are we going to say? I let it. I don't judge it. I'm like, all right, you're there. And if I decide to give it that time and energy as I'm drinking my coffee, I'll start thinking, I'll, I'll fall into the thought and be like, all right. And I, 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 so basically what I'm trying to say is I don't judge the thoughts when they arise. I just let them come and I'll play with it. If I feel like I want to play with it or I'd be like, not right now after this coffee. But it, again, it, it depends on how I'm feeling in that moment in time and space. If I, really just want to tune into my coffee and not think about anything or if I'm like yeah whatever it is what it is that's yeah. cool I think that's mm -hmm. good for people to hear because that also wasn't the answer I was expecting so like mm -hmm. mm -hmm. <laughs> um so the the catalyst for you to start this entire journey sounds like it had to do with your your good friend um passing in their sleep and if you don't mind talking about that with me for another minute is that okay yeah. So now that you've done all this work and you came back into like a healthy space to which you could begin to work back into having a life again, that was productive and what you were envisioning in the first place. Um, how was your relationship to her or, and, or to death changed through this process? Mm a powerful question so uh, prior to that prior to her dying I kind of always knew that death was a thing and which is actually another element as to why I pursued this field this field of being in healthcare and nursing as well um, was so that I can become more comfortable with death and dying and I kind of told myself, well, if I'm involved in the field, I'll see it all the time. And it'll allow me to kind of become more adapted or comfortable with it. Um, because death and dying was something that's always been uh, something I thought about ever since I was young. I always kind of questioned, like, what is death? Like, why do we die? Like, what happens after that? Like, I've always been that kind of kid. Um, and so kind of growing up, like I said, I knew it was a thing, but I just didn't think it was a thing that happened to main characters. It's very like magical thinking. It's weird, but I don't know if it's weird, but that's, that's, that's my truth. I think um, more naive I, might be a, naive might be a better word than weird. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely more naive to it. So, you know, I was like, well, it can't happen to my friends. It, it, there's no way like that just can't happen, but it did. And when it did, it really did shake my world up, but it got me to a space of just acceptance and that we're not attached to the human body. Like, it's not like we aren't just the flesh, we are the spirit. And so just because the, the flesh dies, doesn't mean that the spirit dies because energy can't be destroyed. Energy is just transformed and transmuted. And so just because my friend is no longer here in the physical plane is not to say that she's not still here with us, even in this space right now, in this moment, um, it's, it's all energy. And so it really woke me up to the truth of energy and what energy is and who we are. Um, and how long did it take you to get there? Well, I'm don't even know if I'm fully there. I don't, <laughs> okay. know, I, I don't know where there is, but um, it, I'm like I said, I'm really, I'm still learning every day. I know that where I'm at now, there is a level of acceptance um, and a fundamental understanding that death doesn't equal the end. And so that's something that's kind of helping me feel mm, grounded, um, 
or at least connected to myself to allow me to kind of wake up and, and, and do the thing every day. Um, it, but in addition to my friend passing and me, you know, deep dive, diving deep into mindfulness-based stress reduction and finding Liberate, I was also finding other outlets to assist as well. And so it wasn't just those three things that were it. And like, you know, I, I'm here now. I, I discovered Ramdas, which played a pivotal um, step into my healing process or rather a pivotal role. And um, as well as community connecting yeah. with other people in the spiritual world. I also need you to like explain Ram Das and like this, I want everyone to know what you're talking about. So, yeah. So Ram Das is a spiritual um, teacher slash, I guess I don't want to call him a guru, but a spiritual teacher um, who actually recently passed away. He passed away in 2019. And that's actually when I discovered him. Um, it's like me he, and Mac Miller. I didn't find out about uh, Mac Miller until it was too late. Oh my God. It's the worst. I was like, I could have went to his stuff, his lectures. Yeah, no. So um, he, he was a spiritual teacher who really spoke on love. And he was big on love and um, meditation and open awareness and spirituality and um, his lessons were also big on detachment and liberation. And so he was very helpful to integrate into my healing process as well. Yes. And then you said and community. And community, yeah. So I, I started to discover, this happened in 2020. Um, I found a community who was doing like weekly Zoom chats and in-person um, community gatherings. And I was like, oh yeah, this is right up my alley. And I was in a space too, where I wanted to find more community because I'm like, now I know meditation. Now I'm a coach. <laughs> I want to go out and find people. And so I found a, a specific community who I'm, which I'm still a part of to this day. Um, resilience. They're awesome. Um, I discovered them and it really helped because they were in the same playing field as me. They were into spirituality, into healing, into doing all the things. And so that allowed me to add even more tools onto my tool belt um, that I can further integrate into my healing, um, like Reiki and, and yoga and sound healing and ecstatic dance and cool. all these beautiful things. Yes. It's cool too, because I think a lot of people find yoga and then meditation. So it's neat that you found meditation and then yoga. Yeah. 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 It's, I find that no matter what it is, I don't think it's the, 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 the actual tool that matters. I just think it's how, how you're using it that matters most. Um, because it's not the med it's not the meditation, it's not the yoga, it's not the sound healing or, or any of the things that create the healing for you. I think it's the intention and the relationship that you have with those tools and practices. Um, and continuously showing up. And continuously showing up. Absolutely. When yes. you were mentioning like starting to starting the meditation, you were listening to these like guided meditations and you weren't really getting you were forcing effects. You weren't really getting the effects, but yet you still kept showing up for it. And I was like, right. Oh, that's interesting. Cause like, you might just be like, well, yeah, I tried this for like a week and it didn't work and it wasn't great. And I did it. And that's not for me. Like something yeah. made you keep trying and doing it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure if it's, I don't know if it's rooted in my personality or what the case is, but I've kind of always been a person to just keep going like I never felt like I never giving up has not been something that has ever crossed my mind I mean it, it, it's shown right and through my resiliency of continuing the nursing school um, even after falling twice I still kind of picked myself back up and kept going yeah um, because again I, I just kind of want to go back to my rebellion <laughs> of me being a rebel um, 
this happened more so when I turned 18, I started diving deeper into like conspiracy theories and free thinking. And so I've always been a rebel in that sense. Like I'm a free thinker. I do what I want. Nobody tells me what to do. And I'm the creator of my reality. And so I've always had that as a foundation to work with. Like I'm the creator of my reality. I'm the creator of my reality. And, um, and so knowing that, I knew that if meditation is something I want to do, I'm going to keep doing it. Just because it's not working exactly how I want it to work, I create my reality. I'll make it work somehow, some way. I'll fake it till I make it. Um, so I think that also helped me too, to not be someone who just gives up after a day or two. Yeah. Ever. You mentioned that now your meditation when you take the time to actually like sit for it or whatever looks mostly like your breath and affirmations, what kind of affirmations Uh, do you use and what kind of breath is it like? And. Oh, so good. Um, (laughs) so, um, I, I really work with my body. And so when I'm meditating on my own and I'm sitting for a formal practice and I'm taking that approach, um, I like to do a bottom up approach. And so working with my breath, I direct my breath while also using my imagination. I direct my breath all the way down into my toes. And so I I almost do like a body scan with myself. And so I'll breathe into my toes. Imagine that my breath is circulating around my toes. And then I'll kind of just work that process up my body, you know, going to my ankles, my, my shins, my knees, my thighs, all the way up into the top of my head. And then after I'm able to scan my body in that way, reaching the top of my head, I start affirming myself with love. And so um, what that looks like is like, I love you, Victor. You're doing the best you can. You're only human. Let's take it easy today. You're you're on to greater and bigger things. Like you are held, you are guided, you are loved. And just like kind of repeat those loving higher vibrational words to myself Um, and then I end the practice (laughs) when I feel ready yeah so it's very simple isn't something that uh, I don't have like a real structure um, but I guess something that does stick with me is that I do kind of always come back to my body when I'm doing these meditations with myself rather than trying to do something like a, uh, I don't know, a guided imagery or um, an outer body meditation. What are are those called? Like astral projections. Uh, I'm always coming back to my body to feel. Yeah. What would your advice be to someone who's thinking about trying meditation or has just started and kind of flouncing around and not really sure (laughs) (laughs) well I would say if you are listening to this episode it obviously means that there's some interest there in meditation or mindfulness so that right there in itself is step one right just having the the interest in wanting to dive into something like this the next step would be to allow yourself permission to do the thing to practice it you know we can want all the things but our reality isn't going to be created unless we take action and so if you are someone who's interested in meditation and mindfulness i would encourage you to do it do it without judgment do it with a sense of curiosity like almost like you're an alien that just landed into this planet earth and you just discovered this thing called meditation or this thing called mindfulness and just approach it with such curiosity, like, Ooh, what is this? What's happening here? Ooh, I'm noticing this. I'm noticing this discomfort, huh? But not judging it because there's no wrong way to do it. There's just a way to do it. So that's what I would really say. Just give yourself permission. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and also I wanted to share too, in terms of any additional tools that if anybody may be thinking like, what are some other tools that we can use? Like, what if I don't really want to meditate? <laughs> I 
and, and go that direction. You don't have to meditate. That's not the say all be all. Um, other tools that are just as effective. And um, I actually asked this question because I was going to come into this episode today with just tools that work for me. But I'm like, all right, they work for me. And I know they work for me, but I'm also a part of a community. And so I used that as a resource and I reached out to them and I was like, hey guys, like what are some tools that really work for you along your healing journey? That's so thoughtful. Thanks for asking people. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I went on Facebook to ask them. I went on my community and I, I asked on my story on Instagram, (laughs) I was like, I want to get the real deets, but um, what'd you find? So what I got, which also resonates with me, these are the exact tools that I use. I was like, ah, perfect. Didn't even have to ask you guys, but I'm glad that I did. Um, Two, three, four, five. I got six here. We got deep breathing. So when you hear these, whoever to the listener, when you hear these tools that I'm going to offer, you're going to be like, probably really that, like, I know that, but it's the most simplistic practices that are the most effective and most powerful. Um, So with that deep breathing and deep breathing, is not just like, all right, I did it. It's, it's deep, intentional, focused breathing. It's, you know, really being with that breath. Um, guided meditations so that you feel like you're being guided and held throughout your practice and not alone. Um, community, finding yourself people who think like you, who are on the path that you want to be headed. Um, you know, someone that you can feel, people that you can feel inspired and motivated from. The people who lift you up. Yes, people who really lift you up and where you feel open and, and free and safe to be fully authentically you, um, where you don't feel like you have to walk on eggshells or that you have to reduce yourself um, to keep other people comfortable. Grounding practices. And so these entail using your five senses. Grounding practices can look something as simple as what am I seeing right now? What can I hear right now? What can I taste right now? What can I feel right now? You know, and I think I said all the five, I'm not sure. But, you know, it's really, it's in the integration of your own senses to ground yourself. That's what that means. Because when you're connecting to your senses, you're reorienting yourself to the present moment. And it's hopefully for the most part, take you away from whatever is distracting you or taking you away from the present moment. Weed. Weed was a big thing that came up. People said they, they turned to marijuana for, for their healing and to give them a sense of calm and relaxation. I can see how that's effective. It definitely uh, has layers to it, but that, that's a tool. Um, therapy. Therapy is also another effective tool. Um, getting out in nature, like, again, very simple, like really, but just connecting to the earth, remembering that you are also a part of this entire planet. You are the trees, you are the wind, you are the, the birds, you are the grass. Um, and so just connecting to those elements to help you remember that you are a part of it all. Yeah. And I think that also helps, sorry, with grounding too, because I think when we get so used to being in our environment that we're in all the time, and a lot of us don't take time in nature that once you like really get out of your space and into something else, you're like, Oh, wow. Look at that tree. Oh, look at that. Like it makes you, it makes you see and smell and be more present quicker because you're not staring at a TV or on your phone or, you know, mm. doing the same hundred things you do already. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. It, 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 and just moving that energy, I think is what's really effective in that process. Cause it's taking you out of the energy you're in and it's forcing you to quite literally move your energy into a new space. Yeah. And if you're somebody who lives in the city, um, where maybe you don't 
have access <laughs> to what you think nature is because nature isn't just being out with trees and the grass like if so if you live in a city just taking the moment to just step literally just step outside walk and look at the buildings you know look at the ground look at the gum that's stuck to the ground right look at the little ants look at the pigeons it's being present with what is available to you yeah kind of sounds like too you're talking about like tunnel vision like taking the scope from really big like oh my gosh I'm in a city and then you took it all the way down into something like a piece of gum that's stuck on the ground so really like pulling yourself into one little focus or one Mm -hmm. little square block and saying like what do I see on this concrete tile (laughs) instead of this whole crazy mess of a world right Right, because a little less engineers... o- it's a little less overwhelming to think about one tile versus a whole, a whole life or a whole city or a whole world. You literally just yeah. took the words right out of my mouth. I was gonna say like these practices are not aimed to overwhelm you, right? It, it's really to kind of ground you and, and and hopefully induce a sense of calm into your body. And so when you can just narrow things down right into that little tile, maybe that little piece of gum and just be there with that. It's, it's an experience that you're having that's taking you away from the thousand of thoughts that you probably have and all, all the time, every day is taking you away from your problems is yeah. it's it just putting you here now. Yeah. Um, and well, you literally that. gave me an aha moment. Like that was me realizing like, Oh yeah. It's like, people say like, go to nature, but I love that you took it into the city and then we were able to explore what that looks like, but Mm. it's even the same thing about talking about sending the breath to your toes and surrounding your toes. It's like, you could be thinking, looking at a single piece of gum, or you could be thinking about your pinky toe, Mm. just your pinky toe and honing in on just sending the breath and seeing what it feels like to focus just on your pinky toe. And then just on the next toe versus Mm -hmm. like, there's an ant (laughs) and there's Mm -hmm. an ant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. thanks and for even, helping that's yeah. was that's really beautiful yes yes i love that and that's the beauty of this practice is that again right it doesn't have to be so rigid doesn't have to be so strict no real rules if you want to meditate on your pinky toe you can meditate for an hour on your pinky toe and that is perfectly fine there's nothing wrong with that you know <laughs> if you can meditate on your and, pinky um, toe for an hour that is exceptional yeah <laughs> Long focus, pinky toe focus. <laughs> um, yes, and then uh, and then lastly, really, um, this isn't the last tool, but just for the purpose of this episode, um, to keep it short, sweet, and concise, really, another tool, effective tool, is the tool of forgiveness and self compassion. I think that is probably the most important tool, if anything, because. We go into these, uh, for many of us, we go into healing or we go into personal development or self-growth, whatever the thing is, because we're trying to escape the pain that we have endured in our lives or the suffering or the traumas or whatever the case may be. And there's a lot of old conditioning and habits and thought processes that can really get in the way of our process. And so when we're new to something like meditation or healing or spirituality, there, there, there will be a lot of shit that comes up. Um, and a lot of that shit will be the self-judgment, self-criticism, um, self-doubt. And that can really deter you from your practices because then you're going to start believing that you're doing something wrong, that you're broken, that you're incapable because you're, you're leaning into those old thoughts, old beliefs, old ideas. And so the work really with this tool is to integrate self-forgiveness, forgive yourself for your past, forgive yourself for the pain that you've experienced in your life and send some compassion into yourself as well, reminding yourself that you are totally capable and worth every bit of change that you're looking to integrate into your life and that you are so enough and that your story does not define you, that you define you, you get to redefine your story. And so, yeah, integrating that element of, of forgiveness and compassion is crucial. Yeah. Thank you. Mm, thank you. Thank you for sharing what you know. And almost even more importantly, thank you for sharing that 
you don't know everything (laughs) and that you're still searching and you still don't know what that is. I loved it when you Mm -hmm. said that. Mm -hmm. So thank Mm -hmm. you for giving us what you do have and also sharing with us that it's okay to not have it all. Um, two things. Firstly, you did mention that you're active on social media and I will have your links in the show notes, but do you want to share people where they can find you and your Instagram is fun and you're always doing stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, so pretty much on all platforms, uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and I think YouTube as well. It's I am Zen RN. It's pretty much just spelled like that. I am z-e-n-r-n um or you can just kind of look me up with my name victor padilla and you'll find me (laughs) and um so we're gonna end this episode and we're gonna do a whole nother just meditation with you do you want people to know if they want to listen to the meditation what kind of meditation would you like to lead us through yes yes so to kind of keep things um to kind of keep things based on what I was talking about, the practice that I'm choosing to guide um, would be the one that I talked about earlier. So a a body scan practice where we're going to use the breath, the body, and the imagination. Um, So that's something that you feel like you're interested and you want to practice along. I encourage you to drop in and trust this practice. Awesome. Thank you so much, Victor. I really learned a lot and really appreciated this conversation. Okay. Thank you. And everyone else, we hope to see you on the meditation episode. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We hope you stick around for the meditation on the next episode. If you're interested in wellness coaching through a meditative lens or starting your own meditation practice with accountability, check out TheMeditationWard.com. Give us a follow on Instagram at TheMeditationWard and please like, review us, and share with your friends. See you soon.